This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. The U.S. News and World Report publication uh, has released its annual best countries list for 2022. The new report looks at a variety of factors to come up with the best locations around the globe. Our friend Dave Reebstein, marketing professor here at the Wharton School, is a big part of the production of the Best Countries Report, and he joins us to take a look at uh, what he has found for 2022. Hi, Dave. Good to talk to you again. Uh, nice chatting with you, Dan. Very excited about the latest results. So let's start out with uh, how this is actually compiled, uh, because as I said, there's a lot of components at play here. Uh, in- indeed, there are. And we've been doing this now for seven years, and it continues to evolve. But we've sort of got a consistent pattern that we've, uh, we've been doing. We sample people from all around the world. We take a sample of more than 17,000 people. These are people that are business decision makers. About a third of our sample is business decision makers. Another third of our sample are um, college educated and, and mid to upper income, and another third of the sample is just the general population. We could look at the data by any one of those breakouts, but we asked people on 73 different attributes to, to evaluate, in this, year, in this case, uh, this year, 85 different countries. And these 85 countries represent about 94, 95% of the world's GDP. And so we've got a, a rating of each of these 85 countries on these 73 dimensions. We group those dimensions into 10 factors, and then we look at how each of those factors are related to the GDP purchasing power in, in each of these countries. And, uh, and then based on the degree of correlation of each of those factors, that's the weight that we give to those factors in coming up with the overall rankings that we have. So how have then some of the global events we've seen play out over the last couple of years impacted these rankings, especially with uh, some of the economic impacts that we've seen and, and obviously some of the policy decisions that some of these countries have had to make? So there, there is no question there's a series of things that happen that affect the world's perceptions of various different countries. Probably this past year we have seen more sort of movement in the perception of countries than we have before. But to your specific question, um, certainly what it is that we've seen is how countries have handled COVID and how, how they've gotten their countries back up and running um, or, or not. And that's played some factor. Uh, probably the biggest thing this year, as far as I'm concerned, has been uh, the war in Ukraine. And, uh, and the invasion by, uh, by Russia of Ukraine has certainly sort of changed people's perceptions of Russia, Ukraine, and some of the surrounding countries, uh, without a doubt. And then also, you know, how countries are dealing with uh, inflation. Inflation is not something just in the United States, uh, yeah. but, it's, but it's happening globally. And so all of those things, together with a variety of other things, are all influencing people's perceptions of different countries. All right, so the number one country on the list was who? I, I'm expecting a drum roll, but this year— I, I was going to say, it, it, I, I should have told Dion to give us a drum roll if we had yeah, one. It, 
Exactly. Dion has them for sure. But um, it, this year, it's Switzerland. Um, I will tell you, Switzerland for several years was in that number one position, had sort of fallen down a little bit, not necessarily because anything Switzerland had, had done, but Switzerland has come back to that number one position, followed by Germany. And the first year we did this, again, seven years ago, Germany was in the number one position, and then they fell down. And there were a variety of issues that were going on uh, for, for Germany, one of which was the Volkswagen scandal. They had fallen yeah. down from number one to number four, and that's when Switzerland moved to the number one position, and they are back there again. So what is it about Switzerland that puts them there? Come on, you say, what is it about Switzerland? Every time people say something, uh, you know, mention Switzerland, you can't say a negative word about Switzerland. Switzerland is sort of positive on, on everything. They clearly are viewed as this neutral country. And so while the world's at turmoil, Switzerland's at peace. But probably two things that put Switzerland very much at the top is they, they are viewed as open for business. You want to do business, Switzerland's a good place to do it. But no question, quality of life uh, plays a big role. And, and let's just talk about what quality of life means. So there's a number of factors which go in, into quality of life. Um, part of that is politically stable, income equality, family friendly, economically stable, affordable, Safe. Actually, when you think of Switzerland, it's hard not to think that's, that's safe. Uh, but also a well-developed public education system. They most definitely do. And a well-developed public health system. All those things contribute to this great perception of quality of life that they have. And, and then in, in terms of being open for business, they're certainly not viewed as corrupt. They're not viewed as bureaucratic um, and pretty uh, transparent. In, in terms of their uh, their government practices. So I think those all play a role. And I could go into many, many more details of, of where Switzerland just rises to the top. But I think that gives you a quick flavor for it. So then let me ask you about Germany, because that, they at number two on, on this list. Obviously, it's uh, it's one of the, uh, the, the premier uh, countries within the European Union and its uh, role in, in kind of governing that part of the world. Uh, and the economic impact that they have, but it is also right in the midst of the energy uh, issues that are going on in Europe right now. So it's, it's interesting. One of the things that they rate very highly on, and, and probably um, you know one that they should, should uh, definitely be applauded for, is on the dimension of agility. And, um, and the United States, by the way, ranks really high in terms of agility as well. Uh, but, but they are... are, are seen as being very adaptable and and frankly they have been dynamic they're relatively progressive they've been very very they are considered considered perhaps the most responsive country to the covid crisis that they had but also how they've mobilized and, and gotten around supporting uh, the european union and and i say supporting maybe leading the european uh, union and so uh, they're very very strong there and Overall, they're viewed as a powerful country without without any question uh, about it. Canada, U.S., and Sweden round out the top five. 
let me start in that group with uh, our country, and, and I guess it, it has kind of moved up the ranks in the uh, uh, in this report from last year. And so actually, I'll take us even further back than last year. When we first did this, uh, the United States was ranked in the number four position. Everybody sort of suspected, well, you know, Dave, with your influence on this thing, the United States was going to be number one, and, and we weren't. Um, but we were number four. But then with the election of, uh, of Trump, we fell down to number eight, and we slowly started cr- uh, climbing back up. But the United States, uh, no question, has been viewed as the leader. Um, I mentioned the agility dimension, very, very strong on that, very strong in entrepreneurship, um, cultural influence, and clearly, clearly, clearly viewed as the most powerful country in the world. We may not have that self-perception, but definitely the United States is viewed as very, very powerful. So let me finish up. You you touched on it before about Russia and Ukraine and how what has gone on in, in that war has impacted both countries, Russia to the negative, Ukraine to a degree to the to the positive. Uh, Ukraine definitely to the positive and, and Russia to the negative. But I think perhaps most interesting is in general, people's perceptions of countries are pretty much unified around the world. And what has happened with Russia and Ukraine is basically a bifurcation. And what, you know, residing here in the United States, we look at and we go, oh, Russia, you know, this looks awful what it is that they've done uh, in Ukraine. And, and frankly, in some parts of the world, the perception of Russia has actually gone up. And, and I will tell you the perception of Russia in China has gone up in Egypt. It's gone up in India. It, it has gone up, um, yeah. and so it's in, it's interesting to see um, how the perception of Russia has actually really, really divided. In fact, there is no country of the 85 countries that there is a greater divide in people's perceptions of countries than Russia. And at the same time, by the way, the perception of Ukraine. Um, so Russia has gone down almost universally, except for those countries that I mentioned. Um, Ukraine, the perception has gone up. Uh, Again, for most countries, but not for China, not for Vietnam, not for Argentina, and not for Brazil, when actually the perception of Ukraine has gone down. And so, again, while we view within the United States, there is a great divide that's happening, and we wonder about that. I think the divide is happening globally as well. Dave, great work as always. Thanks very much for your time. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again about this one year from today and talk about uh, about uh, how these rankings have been impacted. Thanks, Dave. All the best. Thank you very much. You got it. Dave Rebstein, marketing professor here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.